welcome to another episode of Spinning Buckets. We are two PhD researchers trying to make research more accessible. I'm Alex. I'm Daniel. And we have a very, very, very special guest this week, our good friend Phoebe. Phoebe, would you like to say hello? Hi, everyone. (laughs) Uh... Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, God. Well, I'm a PhD student. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm a chemist. Fun, fun, fun. A bit different from you guys. Um, Yeah, I love food. I love walking. Oh, lovely, (laughs) lovely. What a combination. So I'm just going to throw it out there that they might not appear, but Alex and Phoebe are soulmates right now. (laughs) No, we actually are. We actually are. I feel like I'm reining in all my chat. (laughs) We're trying to play it cool. We are. I'm actually trying to be really, really cool. If we unleash the full amount of Alex and Phoebe on the world, it's just too much. God, I feel like I sound really cold towards you, Phoebe. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. (laughs) Oh no, honestly, I'm just trying to trying to hold it in my excitement to see you. I can't wait. He's gonna burst out at some point over this episode. I'm really excited. As always, we like to go with a fun fact. Phoebe, do you want to start us off with a good fun fact? God, right. Wow, I was looking them up. I don't think they're very fun. But it made oh. me giggle. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's funny because it kind of reminded me of, like, Alex. But... He's <laughs> oh, <laughs> right, really offensive now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be. You'll be offended. Um, but apparently, in Switzerland, it's illegal to own just one guinea pig. And it's because they're considered social animals. And then oh, it's lovely. considered victims of abuse if they're alone. <gasps> oh, lovely. And oh. I just feel like Alex can't be alone, so... <laughs> You know what? I thought you were talking about my hamster, like not about myself. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah, no, I am a guinea pig. Yeah, I need that. I need that. Lovely. No, I've been yeah. getting really good at being independent. Thank you very much. I take myself out uh, so runs. That, is, I I said that, that sounds like the least independent person thing in the world. I'm really independent. I'm really independent, yeah. Back me up. <laughs> oh. oh. Go on, Dan, you do your... Oh, oh no, mine. I was going to say you do yours. Yeah, you always do I can do mine. So mine is... Um, it's a bit rogue. So my, I'm stealing you. My dad was telling me this one <laughs> about an, a criminal, for a pirate woman from, like, 1870s. What is the name She's for a female pirate? Pirate? Pirate, yeah. Yeah. A pirate. So a female pirate. Pa- oh, so she, pirates, lovely. She was, called, <laughs> she was called Sadie the Goat because... Pretty what she used time. to do as she was coming up was just running headbutt people in the chest. Wow. Okay. And then she had a rivalry with someone called Gallus Mag, who was a six foot female bouncer of some pub in New York. Oh my god. And something happened and this Gallus Mag bit off Sadie's ear <gasps> in the thing. And she kept it pickled behind um the bar, supposedly, and then this Sadie somehow became a pirate for a period of time and sold cargo and then when the pirate thing was up she went back and Gallus Mag became friends and gave her ear back oh lovely that's nice could, what a could they ending. put it back on was it like pickled or something and yeah just... she, they pickled it but I don't know if she put it back on I just know she got given the ear back what, I think what it year said, was this in like what, like what 1869 oh think, yeah I don't, think that, I don't think they're putting an ear back on Phoebe <laughs> I, th- I think I think what she actually did I think she wore it around her neck I've heard oh like, as, a, as a thing in a locket around her neck or something it'd be quite cool mm-hmm. Quite cool. I'm not sure about that. That's pretty grim. Get yourself yeah. to a jeweler's yeah. love. <laughs> and if you're a pirate as well, you should have loads of bling lying about, and you're wearing an ear. Yeah, 
she's not 43. I mean, you can bling up the ear on your neck. Yeah, my- oh, yeah, put earrings <laughs> in the ear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, because then it's like a multi-necklace. Very clever. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Innovative Phoebe, I like it. <laughs> like, fine, I'll lock my ear off, we'll do it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh. Go on, Alex, do you want to yeah. follow us up? my fact um, is um, astronaut... It, uh, the word astronaut um, is derived from um, two ancient Greek words. Um, astro obviously means star, and nought means sailor. So astronaut, like the actual like translation to ancient Greek, means star sailor. Oh, isn't that quite... nice? Wow, silence! I think I... It's yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm just thinking. Dead silence. <laughs> well, I was just, <laughs> I was just thinking. I think I think I'd rather be called a star sailor than an astronaut. Star. Sailor. Think it makes you sound more like. Yeah. Cool, yeah. doesn't it? In oh, my head, it... they sound so different that I didn't even connect. Like I didn't even connect it to the word astronaut in terms of like I couldn't even think what an astronaut was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a star sailor. There you go. <laughs> You're learning a lot today, aren't you, Phoebe? Yeah. I've what an astronaut is. Yeah. <laughs> Most have learned a week. So, Phoebe, do you want to tell us what you do and then we'll explore that? Yeah. Well, I asked you to Google the title of <laughs> my project because, and I got it off this it's website. A, it's a recurring theme. It's a recurring yeah, theme no that people the have to Google project, a title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like I Googled it and then looked at, like, the description that was on this website and I was like, this is nothing that I'm doing. So I'm a bit confused, <laughs> really. <laughs> Um, you can take a few steps back. <laughs> yeah, so I went back to the beginning and uh, had to learn it all again. Um, <laughs> but I know the title. It's Sustainable Replacements for Conventional Polymers. Oh, that, that Ooh, sounds very This is another design. eco yeah. one. It's <laughs> another eco one. We're going back to the whole war on plastics debate. But yeah, so kind of discussing what Alex discussed. Um, okay. But yeah. We've done it. We've covered it all. But so, yeah, so when we said, she said you sustainable replacement for polymers I'm assuming you're coming at it from a different way than what Alex has done otherwise it'd be the same thing yeah much much different but um yeah well I'll just kind of take you through what I'm doing so like hey um so obviously there's like huge like economic and environmental considerations that kind of highlight the necessity to move from like the traditional plastics industry to like a new better world and it's kind of like trying to shift development of these sustainable plastics to give us a circular economy rather than the linear one we're on do you want to quickly go over a circular economy i feel like we use plastics we dispose of them we never think of them again but like circular economy is trying to kind of not just recycle plastics but like the whole process from like start to finish trying to just bring it back instead of just discarding all of our waste on this planet lovely great description so plastics are usually made or like currently are made from petrochemicals and they're cheap and like versatile their synthetic strategies are kind of highly efficient and this gives like really good control over like the polymer structure which obviously is why polymers are so good because they give such a range of like different properties um and so like the biggest challenge for the like non-petrochemical based polymers is that they just can't compete with these petrochemical polymers like they're too good because so what you're saying is that polymers like cellulose based that alex makes can't be made anywhere near as efficiently as these 
or petrochemical ones. Yeah, well, they're kind of like difficult and more expensive to synthesize and usually show like poorer properties than the kind of like original petrochemical yeah. based polymer. So they just can't live up to like current industrial standards. And obviously, like industry wants to make everything super cheap, super efficient. And a lot of these polymers that are being made are actually like really simple like synthetic roots are not very complicated Um, but kind of naturally derived polymers are much more complex and like their synthetic synthetic strategies are just not not ideal (laughs) not what we want I've never heard the term (laughs) synthetic strategy before but I I realise I'm going to weave that into things yeah it's really nice I literally thought the exact same when she said it's a great word yeah I just don't know when I can work that into a conversation naturally but (laughs) I'm going to do it and make myself dead clever (laughs) (laughs) Um, well yeah so I'm looking at a different synthetic strategy. (laughs) Um, But my research is kind of based off a process that's called ring opening copolymerization. Um, okay. It's just a type Every of polymer. Every one of those words is a mist. In my yeah, head. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard them before. Don't know what they mean. It's just kind of like a type of polymerization, and it's kind of unique because it's considered a truly catalytic process. And can it... I just so when you're saying polymerization, you just mean in taking things and stringing them together. Yeah, so taking little monomer units and bashing them together in a big long chain and that chain will be like different lengths and it will have different properties and produce the plastics that we use in everyday life. So this process that I'm looking at uses a molecule called epoxides and carbon dioxide. So the epoxide part is the ring and this process uses a catalyst and that catalyst will open the ring the carbon dioxide will insert into the ring and then this process will repeat over and over again until you have a massive long polymer chain. Okay, what's the ring? So the ring is the epoxide, which is just a compound, but... Is it just shaped in a circle or...? It's not, it's it's kind of like a triangle. So there's an an oxygen at one of the corners and then it's like a three-membered ring. Um, it's just like a type of ring. You can obviously get okay. larger ring compounds and smaller ring compounds, but I feel like we don't need to go into it. Okay, so, <laughs> um, so, a, ring, so a ring compound is just a compound with a molecule with an area that something can go in that's got like a sort of ring shape. As in, it's just, yeah. I mean, you can think of it as in a circle and the circle gets opened up. Carbon dioxide yeah. can be inserted into the chain. It makes new bonds and then they all form a massive polymer. So is that how it like poly- polymerizes? Is it yeah. that the ring is opening, uh, the carbon dioxide is going in, and then that carbon dioxide in the ring, the monomers can then bond to that, and then they all bond in a chain sort of thing? Yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, it is like that. The epoxide okay, gets open, <laughs> that, gives, that gives a little oxygen, and then the carbon dioxide can insert in there. And okay. then because of the oxygens within carbon dioxide it has then like a kind of free arm to bond to another epoxide so it's like epoxide carbon dioxide epoxide carbon dioxide okay um like that as like a repeat unit you did of the um (laughs) polymer chain that was lovely (laughs) um but yeah so these polymers are called polycarbonates and i mean they have lots of applications but their primary application is 
um, to be transformed into polyurethanes, which is another type of plastic, which is used in everyday large-scale applications like adhesives, coatings, soft foams, rigid foams, everything, (laughs) like a lot. But basically what's like special about this polymerization is that the carbon dioxide that's inserted can be carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Oh, okay. So the catalysts that have been developed like within the literature um, are quite tolerant to impurities that you would find in like a waste stream coming off an industrial plant. So these catalysts can be used in partnership with like carbon capture systems and like that kind of waste feedstock can be directly fed into our little reaction with the epoxide, the catalyst and the carbon dioxide. So you're saying this is a different section of like a reactor, you're extracting a carbon. Is it possible to take the carbon dioxide that's already like in the atmosphere, isn't in this industrial site, like, or does it have to Um, be captured first, the carbon dioxide? Well, the carbon dioxide has to be captured. Like, I expect that there could be some form of reaction if there was just like the catalyst and the epoxide with like the carbon dioxide in the air, but it it needs to be like a kind of stream Um, and it happens to be quite a good stream coming off a waste plant. But that's, like, very yeah. kind of future with t- kind of... The work that I do is very, like, small, still lab-based. We don't really have anything to do with the actual carbon capture. But, yeah, so, like, depending on the type of epoxide being used and, like, the selectivity of our catalyst, um, it's, like, previously been shown that up to 43% of the polymer mass derives from CO2. Mm. So, like, cool. it's kind of feeding in... It's a, it's a great polymer, but these CO2-derived polymers like are suitable. Their properties are suitable to replace the current polymers that are being used at the moment, the oh. ones derived from petrochemicals. So they're actually a good replacement rather than something so, uh, new. Rather than silos. Ob- <laughs> yeah. This is obviously as, as ridiculous, like, in theory, if everything went perfectly. Are you saying we could replace... 43% of all, most of the plastics that we use with carbon dioxide no. and then that's taken out? No, no, no. So it will just be like within the polycarbonate chain that's being made, up to 43% of its mass is derived from the carbon dioxide. So it's not, it's not kind of like up to 43% of plastic, it's just like within this one chain that we're making, within that, right. the mass of its own chain... So it's just saying, like, kind of nearly half of it is carbon dioxide, which is why you get the, like, carbon dioxide, epoxide, carbon dioxide, epoxide. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so my kind of project focuses on the synthesis of these catalysts, so, like, right back at the very beginning of the process. So in my field of work, it's called organometallic chemistry, so you use metals um like within your compounds and these metals can do interesting things so there's synergic chemistry and that's when like there are two metals that combined within a coordination environment and there is like communication kind of through space or like electronically can i ask what's a coordination environment so just like within so basically, if there's two metals close together within a complex, they can kind of work together. Okay. And like they're like cooperative effects. So it's like these two metals are close together. They communicate by like through space or like electronically within this complex. And that leads to kind of 
cool chemistry or like unexpected reactions or it can lead to like imp- improved performance of things so the complexes being looked at for this process at the moment are heterometallic which means they contain more than one metal um or like two different metals and these complexes have shown like improved they kind of utilize the synergy and they have shown improved performance over their like monometallic analogs so like the same complex with just one metal when you add two close together in a complex it makes it better okay by by complex so what's I know this is richly labated. What are you meaning when you say complex? So, like, a complex would... So, I'm currently synthesising a ligand. And that ligand is just, like, a... It's just, like, a structure. It's just, like, a... A a complex is just, like, a chemical structure, then? But, but yeah, the complex is then when I add the metals to it. Okay. This is complex. It really is. I've tried, I've tried to keep up. I know. Well, I feel like what I'm doing is I'm trying to synthesise a specific structure. And this structure okay. is based off of different structures that have previously been used within literature, which have kind of shown good activities as a catalyst. But this structure that I'm then trying to synthesise will have multi-metallic sites. So I'll have maybe two, maybe three metal centres within one compound and this will hopefully show better activity than the catalysts that exist already so it's trying to improve that like what what's currently like been done in literature with these metallics yeah okay basically so the process of the apoxies add carbon dioxide and that makes the polymer yeah and that's done by the catalyst and currently the catalysts in use have one metallic they have one um, or uh, two metallic centres. Okay, one or two metallic centres in the catalyst, and you're trying to add more of these. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So, okay. so who one... thinks up this stuff? Honestly, <laughs> oh, yeah. Who invents this? <laughs> Honestly, it's mental. But so, yeah, one metal is kind of it's showing it's shown to be a really good catalyst for this process, and then when they've added two metals, it's got even better. And the selectivity and the activity of the catalyst has improved, which is good because you want it to be selective because that will influence the polymer's properties and you want it to be active so that it does the job quickly and, like, efficiently. So hopefully adding one more metal will have this kind of three metal centres close together. Mm. They'll all mix and work together. What about four? Yeah, can you not just add as many as you want? As in, like, to improve it? I mean, there's probably going to be a point where there's too much metal going on. Exactly. So you don't know whether this third metal will either help or Mm. hinder the, like, polymerisation because obviously these polymer chains, they get really big. There's a lot of, like, steric interaction and like sterics aren't always a good thing it can cause reactions to not work if there's like too bulky i've forgotten what steric means every like, time daniel you have a question and your eyes go like <laughs> like you're like it utter shock <laughs> <sighs> yeah sorry no well like, sorry, yeah I, i've forgotten what steric means like steric is just like if something's bulky like if you have a compound that's really bulky it's like the sterics of it is like 
all its kind of like orbital arrangement. I don't know how to explain okay. hysterics. Sometimes the hardest questions are the ones that you you knew like like five years ago off the back of your like on the back of your head. Like you literally just spurt it out. And then yeah. Like five so years down the line, you're like you know too much of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. I feel like normally within uh, like reaction, you talk about its hysterics or like a kind of compound sterics or electronics and sterics are kind of the size of it and electronics mm. are like electron so like how movement. the size and the shape of the molecule yeah. affects how it reacts so okay. basically if you kind of like crystallize this structure you could see where everything points in space and if it was sterically bulky it means it has like quite a lot of like big groups on it which means that it takes up a lot of room in space okay. and mm. this might mean that like other compound or like other parts of your reaction may not be able to get to the important bit within your structure because it's blocked by like the structure's big arms. I oh, don't so know. That might, that so sense. that might be, so that's what you think it might be the issue if you had this third metal in, so, you might sterically hinder a reaction. Yeah, so potentially, or like you don't, we don't know what, what will mm. happen, but like it could do that. It could be great, it could be worse. So it's like this is why having kind of, there's also the risk that if you just, have too many metals two of them might be doing the polymerization that a normal heterometallic catalyst would do mm. and then the other metal would just be doing the monometallic part What's... so they kind of would oh, work separately oh, rather yeah, than yeah, together yeah. and we want them to work together so would i think that if be you... a problem that they would be working separately because they would still be producing these I, I assume the single one would still be producing the chain as as well as the double one yeah it, it, w it would be but again that could it could cause problems like producing different like molecular weight polymers which would oh, okay. then have different properties and maybe yeah. undesired properties so yeah. i mean it wouldn't i don't think it'd be awful like it would still be doing the kind of reaction it needs to do but it might not be better than what is already out there yeah yeah, yeah. okay so, so are you the first group to be investigating this third um no, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, there's definitely similar structures out there they might not be investigating the exact same thing that we're investigating yeah, yeah. but um it, have yeah they found like, like good results like has it has it been working for them like what did they find from it uh well i don't i don't really know because they've been like applied to different procedures so it can't oh, be okay. like a direct comparison um so far like my lab time has been trying to synthesize the starting ligand to then put metals in it right okay. so i need to get this original thing that i can then throw some metals at okay but the synthesis of the ligand is possibly the harder part and uh yes oh, how frustrating it, it is it was not going well <laughs> um but yeah this is kind of typical like synthetic research yeah so on the ground like actual research what you're wanting to do is just see whether or not you your thing works better as a catalyst is that like an end the end goal of sort yeah yeah okay. pretty much i'm just trying to synthesize like a novel catalyst that is good for this when procedure so when you're talking about synthesizing the ligand what does that involve like roughly so normally when you're trying to i feel like my ligand is like a really big ligand there's a lot going on because it's got to try and hold three metal centers in it mm. 
and they don't like to be like on top of one each other uh, on top of one each other of each oh I can't even say that <laughs> on top of each other <laughs> um but yeah so it's kind of got to have enough points where it can hold three metals uh but they also need to be close enough in space that they communicate with each other and do what we want them to do so when I say oh, so this is this ligand so I'm thinking the, um, a ligand is like a structure that's going to hold a metal is that a right thing to think yeah okay and so is this structure not already been developed are you trying to come up with the structure there's similar structures out there but yes i will be trying to come up with a structure so like i will be basing my like synthesis off of previous literature like synthetic roots um that might be a little bit different and you try and kind of slam them all together and then make your way to your final compound. So, like, my ligand, I think, is, like, a three- or four-step procedure, which doesn't sound very much, but it's no, difficult I, I, I to know go through. Labs. I know it's a lot. I can't make a suspension. <laughs> so. Um, so if you make your ligand and then you put your three... I keep on calling them metallics. Is that the right word? Or is it just three metals? I don't know. Metals, really? Yeah, okay. If you chuck your three metals in and like the first time around it doesn't work would you be able to look at the ligand and like look at the reaction that's happening and go okay right well it's not working because this little bit of the ligand is wrong or like this needs to be altered like is it all Um, about the ligand to make it work sort of thing yeah so normally so what my like aim would be once i've like synthesized my ligand is like there's various ways to analyze it uh like nmr mass spec and things like this but you i would maybe try and um recrystallize my ligand so i'd get a crystal and then i'd analyze that by x-ray um like diffraction or x-ray crystallography (laughs) yeah you guys yeah you guys all know about this and then you can like see your actual structure yeah and confirm it's that and then normally when you chuck metals at it the nmrs get really complex and like really complicated so it's quite difficult to analyze so again you try and recrystallize it and get your crystal structure so you could confirm where the metal was within your within your ligand because methylation reactions are quite complex and like the metal can sometimes go where you'd never expect it to go right okay so I might be getting it to like try and bind to one part of my molecule, but it might bind at a complete different place or not yeah. bind at all or form yeah. like a salt or something. Oh, no. So, so many possibilities. <laughs> so um, has the project got two distinct parts in my head? One, the synthesis of ligand making ligand, and then does it work better? Yeah, pretty much. As a catalyst. Yeah. Okay. There's kind of like... I think this is where it kind of ties back into like soft matter is like the first part is not really soft matter it's kind of synthesis and trying to get this catalyst but then the second part is kind of testing its application with these polymers like making polymers and seeing like the different activity the different properties these polymers display and things yeah. like that. Oh, I was about to ask how the hell is this soft matter? I mean <laughs> yeah I think this is one of the things that I was trying to say to you guys when we were doing Sophie yeah. I was yeah, like this yeah. is not my field in <laughs> any way and even I feel like just we've kind of put the polymer bit on the end to be like this is why it's soft matter but in reality the bulk of my project is like 
hardcore synthesis and just way away hardcore from what synthesis. you guys do. That's a good name for a band. <laughs> I love you... that. <laughs> <laughs> it actually really is. Um, so you're looking to use this the end for this catalyst of um, carbon into polymers. Yeah. Have groups used this tri- organic, triple organic ligands as catalysts for other reactions um, or is it all just based on polymers? It has been used as a catalyst, but it has like different. There's it's been used for kind of different areas of chemistry, which I am yet to look up because <laughs> I'm very far behind on literature reading. Okay. Have um so like like this process like with the the ring and the carbon dioxide like you know that like that process works has that been like industrialized yet like has that been put on like any kind of like large scale or is it still in like it's like lab infancy sort of thing? no i'm pretty sure it is on a large scale i don't oh, know if wow. it's like technically within industry yet but i think okay. it's something that like has the potential to be used in industry it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. not a million miles away from it which like normal yeah. i feel like normal lab based research is like a million miles from actual industry but i think my stuff is a million miles from actual yeah, yeah, industry yeah. um but yeah Who knows? and is it like how you were talking about um the like oh what was the term you synthetic strategies strategy the um how like the current synthetic strategies for i knew i knew i'd get into conversation <laughs> um for like making like plastics and stuff like that from like petrochemicals is like really really efficient is the, the is this process as efficient as that as well as like taking the co2 that would have been in the atmosphere out of it yeah so like when you've actually got the catalyst the actual process is it is good um, it does it does like the job and it's like I think I mentioned earlier it's like class as like a truly catalytic process like it will just keep going and stuff and yeah so so yeah. is your day-to-day at the moment just mixing chemicals together and in different like ways um what's your day-to-day in a lab at the moment and it, i feel like as a physicist you just have no idea what chemists do under a few, no. few hood all day <laughs> like i just don't know what goes on under there um well yeah it kind of is it's like finding different synthetic routes and trying to tweak it to mm. match what you want or get what you want um so i kind of just run different reactions they're all quite similar but I'll try and like tweak it at the moment it's kind of exciting because I feel like I've got like the first step of my like ligand it's it's there it's (laughs) there but it's just impure so at the moment I'm struggling with like purifying it before I move on to the next stage I get the impression that this I mean the ligand's like quite hard to make is that would that be a problem to like making it on like large scale sort of thing or is, is it just problematic to synthesize it for the first time um like, i once mean it's made, is it done or well i think it could be potentially it is difficult to make mm. and once the kind of once the synthetic root is cracked it's will be okay but it's still so complex that this is like it, in compared to like what is actually used in industry it is far yeah. too complex in industry actual processes are really really simple they're not that complex but i don't know i feel like this is very like lab orientated rather than real life oh okay so would you see if it it is real life eventually that's brilliant if it does end up working and it's a really good catalyst down the way that's what you want Uh, (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm actually blown away, as in, I I still don't quite understand what you do, but I think I've got a good an understanding of why you're doing it. If that makes sense. Oh, and like, if you've taken away is. anything, then that's kind of good. <laughs> It's quite. I think it's really similar to mine, Phoebe, which is mad because we've had a lot of conversations about this. Yeah. Um, no, it's really, it's really, really cool. Yeah, I think I was just saying. I think I didn't see. I don't know. I think I understand your project in goal. Well, sort of what you got to do goals wise. Whether or not I understand what you're doing is a different matter. Yeah. Well, I feel like the goal is simple. It's just make a good catalyst that makes a good polymer. Thanks for that. I'm. I'm actually. I think you've been the smartest sounding person we've had on oh well i usually sound really dumb so (laughs) i feel like honestly do you remember on the first day when we met dan and you were like what did you do your thesis on and i was like i can't even remember the title i said this to i remember i remember telling (laughs) alex this and alex loved it yeah dan was like oh you're like this one girl Shall we try to do our final explain? Yes, I mean, absolutely. It's not much of one. We, uh, forgot, we, as we forgot to source one properly from the crowd. We're taking one that was just left as a comment <laughs> on, our, on our Instagram. See, we're listening to the questions of fans. We are, yeah, exactly. Give us them, we will. So <laughs> this one is, is a toasty a sandwich? Absolutely, I think so, yes. It's got bread, it's got filling. Just because it's cooked doesn't make it not a sandwich. That's my opinion. Yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> yeah, I can't see any reason why it wouldn't be a sandwich. Yeah, I can't I see I why it wouldn't be a sandwich. I what this commenter was going on about. <laughs> yeah, God. So if you're listening, person who asked a toast to your sandwich, you are very <laughs> yeah. wrong. Yes. <laughs> there you go, we've cracked it. We've cracked uh, that's it. That's all we cracked. Me and Phoebe are experts on all things food as well, so take it from us. <laughs> So, yeah, as you've done, we are scraping the bottom of the barrel for our explain questions at the end. Please send <laughs> yeah. us some in. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it. But I think that's everything for this week. That was amazing, Phoebe. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was amazing. Thanks thank for you very much, me, guys. It's okay, and uh, thank you for listening. Bye. <laughs>